Hello, listeners. We would, cra- Annabelle Crab just said, you know what we should do sometimes? Record the bumbling around when we're trying to work out how to get things recording. And I said, normally we do put that out. <laughs> there you go. So you've never even listened to our own podcast. I don't. Do you know, oh. I really struggle. Uh, well, because I've already had the conversation. Why should I listen to it again? Look, I don't normally listen to it again either. Every now and again, I might go back. Uh, sometimes if I think, oh, I remember that time when we talked about Hero and he's shining the torchlight across the arse of the tuner. I'll go and just find that bit when we're laughing. Right, so you just, funny. you just go and listen to your own great lines of the century. <laughs> You're just an egomaniac. Every now and again, like, you... Oh, there was that time that I was incredibly funny. Let me just relive it. Is it like that? Um, have you ever seen that? Oh, this is very timely with the death of Jerry Lewis. Have you ever seen that film, The King of Comedy? No. Oh, my God. It is one of the greatest films ever made. And it stars um, – it, it's a story about a, um, a famous comedian and this complete nerd who's stalking him and it ends up becoming so stalkerish that he actually, like, abducts him. Oh, I think I've heard him. of this. But the, the amazing is it a comedy about, or is it – It's very dark. I mean, right. it has incredibly funny moments, but it's like a Scorsese dark kind of production. And it um, – the funny man is played by um, – Jerry Lewis, who is um, incredibly awful in real life, like he's a real ass. And the nerdy fan is played by Robert De Niro, who is uncharacteristically just so uncool. Like he's just, he's kind of a, he's kind of simmers along as this, you can tell there's sort of a bit of a dark side. Well, he was uncool in Taxi Driver. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, And there is an element of that hidden menace as well but it's just oh my god it's so great I mean there's two things about actors one is I love it when you're watching something that's got somebody in it and not for one second do you think about them in something else like that's you know quite sort of great but then also the other the complete reverse of that is when you're watching Robert De Niro in something and he's got a menace and you realize it's because I'm thinking of Travis in Taxi Driver exactly bringing that actually into it (laughs) this is why John Jarrett never worked for me as a horror actor or could never do play school again after he did Wolf (laughs) Creek it's just like there's something about I had to watch Wolf Creek once um long story but like you know I hate horror movies but the whole time it was actually more creepy because all I can remember him from is you know Good housekeeping or whatever that show was, yeah. and, and and play so it makes it creepier. Oh God! At least just go and you know do one of those rag roll wall features <laughs> instead of killing these poor backpackers. I often wondered if I ever met James Gandolfini in real life, if I would feel nervous and scared of him because the cat. I mean, I watched The Sopranos. You know, I've seen it three times. Yeah. I loved it, <laughs> and. Um, that character could sort of, you know, spin on a dime. Like he could seem nice yeah. and fine and you'd be attached to him and then he'd just do something so violent. And so I can't help but imagine if you met Gandolfini in real life, he'd probably be perfectly pleasant, but you'd be braced all the time. But for have the... you heard that story about Gandolfini of no. Kevin's? No. You know. Kevin Rudd. No, 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 no. Kevin, our camera operator. That oh, we, Kevin that May. We share. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember we that story? We only know two Kevins. No, Tell me again. You, you so have told it to me, but I remember Kevin it's a great May, story. Kevin May, who Lee and I have both worked with at the ABC, is this great camera operator bumped into him the other day the gender actually. neutral term um so he was doing some interview with um soprano and i can't remember who the journo was that um was accompanying him but um they set up um for gandolfini and he arrives and then suddenly they realize they haven't got one bit of equipment or something so kevin's got to like sprint back to like up to the hotel room and, and get it or whatever comes back and he and gandolfini is fine when he arrives but when he walks back in, Gandolfini is in a, just a total rage. And he's like, you fucking dare to fucking whoop the fuck you are on my time is money. And like, like, full, like in a full Tony Soprano screaming fit. And it's terrifying. And then 
he just starts, he just cacks himself laughing and it turns out that Gandolfini and the journo have like got together oh. and and, oh, and just, put this. T- poor Kevin. <laughs> he probably had to take to bed with some sniffing salts or something. No, just oh. like, just absolutely saluted him. It was the most incredible acting performance, but just put on for this tiny, <laughs> just but distinguished audience. But it would be hard, wouldn't it, to be an actor, you know, who gets so typecast from one major role that you just you know you, you're useless for the rest of your career because you just people only see you as that person that true but I mean people transcend it like I really liked seasons one and two of Californication which starred David Duchovny now oh, yeah. now I mean X-Files. Agent Mulder yeah. yeah I mean you'd think well how could you possibly look at David Duchovny yeah. as anything other than Mulder I didn't think of Mulder for one second or um, yeah, right. Edie Falco in Nurse Jackie I didn't think of um, anyone else Callum, come in. What? This is my producer, Callum. Callum, and come it's in. an interruption. In. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm single, so to all the gay men who listen to this podcast, because <laughs> I made a lot of you. Uh, Lee will tell you how fabulous. Wow, I am. Callum, that Callum, escalated quickly. Callum basically says he can't go anywhere and meet anyone because as soon as they start talking, and Callum says what he does, they're like, "Oh my god, do you know Lee Sales?" And he's just like, "Yes, yeah, see you later." <laughs> what are you even doing down here? He's just hanging around trying to get on this podcast. What, for us? No, it's going to linger. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, you should no, be interviewing Alan still, Joyce right my now. My hair's still yeah. wet. <laughs> okay, Thanks, Callum. What's your number again? <laughs> <laughs> we will put you in touch with Callum. He is hot as well. So there you go. That's hilarious. Um, so you're the king of comedy anyway. Um, okay. In, in honour of the great, late, great Jerry Lewis, um, it is just so worth a look. It's got so much uh, it's just an awesome, awesome film, full of surprises, and it's also got Sandra Bernhardt in it. Oh yeah, who's like a fellow um, who who runs into Robert De Niro all the time outside the studios where Jerry Lewis appears all the time. You know, looking for autographs and stuff like that, and they have the most incredibly tense sort of um, fan against oh, God, fan great. relationship. It is. So good. Now, back on, say, what, you know, actors bring into it, like their sort of external reputation Mm. to roles, what about the other way around, which this will segue me me into something that we've both been watching, the other other way around where um, the actor has to play somebody unbelievably well-known. So, say, Cuba Gooding Jr. having to do O.J. Simpson in People vs. O.J. Simpson. In my experience, that usually just ends in horror. Like, I mean, it just... I reckon if I were a well-known actor and I was asked to portray someone incredibly famous, I would have to be just paid an insane amount of money because mm. I mean, it's, it's all downside really. It's like mm. taking over a talk show after someone really, really successful has nailed it for yeah. 15 years. But, you know, some people do manage or to Or a current affairs it. interview program, <laughs> Lee. <laughs> some people do manage to pull it off incredibly well like say i'm thinking of that dude who always plays tony blair whose name escapes oh, me yeah. who's fantastic so, uh, see can't remember his name yeah sheen Ma- uh, yeah that's Somebody right she- sheen he was sheen? in he was sheen? In, sheen he was in um oh, masters of sex yeah. as well and was also fantastic in that yeah or helen mirren when she's been the queen you know really oh, yeah. great yeah but, that's but i think i think some amazing story about helen mirren meeting the queen the oh, queen being all like so weird you're better at than I. <laughs> I can't remember what happened but, but i agree with you that more often than not it's a bit of a horror show but what had what did you think of Cuba Gooding Junior? Junior, I as thought OJ? he was fabulous. Yeah, same. I thought he was, I thought he was so good. I thought everyone and that was fantastic. By the end of it, I had to actually Google OJ Simpson to remind myself what he looked like. I did that with Johnny yeah. Cochran, the yeah. guy who played Johnny Cochran. Looks exactly like Johnny Cochran. Absolutely brilliant. And, and they were, I mean, they were um, incredibly. 
I mean, you can go either way with those sorts of things. Either you try and make your actor look like the person or you just give yep. up on that and just go character. Yep. But they seemed to really pull it off. I thought that, that was a, just such a good series. Uh, same with Marsha Clark. I mean, that the woman yeah. who was Marsha Clark and the man who was Johnny Cochran, yeah. neither of them looked familiar to me and I didn't recognise their names and, in fact, can't remember them. Yep. But I thought they were both brilliant. Yeah. And it was, you know, so I've finished that now, as have you. So have I, yeah. I. I was absolutely glued to it. I haven't read a single thing because every night I've been getting into bed and watching 20 minutes of that before I fall asleep. Um, I could not believe how invested I was in it knowing the outcome. I know. <laughs> so I wonder if he's going to be found guilty. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't even know how they did that, but I was so tense in the final yeah. bits of it. I started watching last night as well, which I think is going to be a really great companion piece to it. Um, a documentary called OJ Made in America. Have you watched that by any chance? No, I have not. It no, I have not. Best um, Oscar, it got the Oscar for best doco. So um, what's that about? Like what's the idea? Oh, uh, well, I'm only – again, I only watched, you know, 20, 25 minutes of episode one last night before I fell asleep. It's basically a documentary that's filling in context around stuff that we've just watched in the drama. Right, okay. So episode one starts with – they're giving a bit of context about what a gigantic football star and athlete OJ was. Yeah. And they've got all this amazing archive of him and his teens. Yeah. But then it switches into talking about the history of the LAPD and race yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So it's fleshing out – so this is – it started in the 60s. And so it's fleshing out this context so you get this sense of, you know. So the bit I got up to, they're talking about past riots in Los yeah. Angeles and how yeah. – the police um, handled it and the sort of commissioner who was running the police and how white the LAPD was in that particular era. So I think it's going to be a really interesting, um, you know, sort of fleshing out of yeah, some of the right. issues that got raised in the drama. I did, Watching the, the series, um, The People versus O.J. Simpson, it just, I mean, I remember that. I mean, I remember that trial. It was everywhere at the time. And I've, I've read a few books since I went through a like a quite quick rut of, getting down into the weeds with OJ detail and read a couple of the books. Everybody everybody in that whole um, circle of prosecutors and defenders has written a book except for Lance Ito. Oh, the, I would um, love the to judge. read Lance Ito's. I would love to read Lance. And how he – so the actor playing Lance Ito, Judge Lance Ito, is basically Lance Ito. Oh, like just you look dead at photographs of, of them and you can't tell them apart. It's completely bizarre. But the thing the, – a couple of things really struck me – when um, I watched that series and it was like experiencing that that case anew. One is just the incredible um, intricacy and importance of the choice of jury in the US. Oh, yeah. And the way that each side would, you know, um, strategically contest and game the system to get the jury that they wanted. And because of the culture there where jurors can write books or give interviews, you know, it's this unbelievably strategic moving landscape that the prosecutors and defenders have to pay quite a lot of attention to, even as they are dealing with the most, the more um, mundane aspects of a trial, like facts, witnesses, evidence. They've oh. also got to take this absolute rolling crapshoot at the at the jurors who serve and eventually will make the decision. I mean, they have a running commentary on which jurors they judge are a guilty vote or a non-guilty vote as they go through and they try and challenge when I lived in the, US, the ones that might do the matter. When I lived in the US, I used to be stunned at that just because their court system is so different to ours in terms of what you can talk about and say while yeah. the trial's underway. Uh, 
it, you, I used to think it was like a sports match in high-profile yeah, trials. Yeah. You know, people would watch a day's worth of evidence and then they'd be on Larry King that night commentating yeah. on who was going well and who was ahead and what they thought of the evidence and all that sort of stuff. One of the great episodes in The People versus O.J. Simpson is when the prosecution and the defence, because for all the points you've just raised, the makeup of the jury is so key, they start putting investigators on researching all of the jurors and all the alternates so they can strike people out and they get to a point where they're just bang 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 yeah just one guy's like once had his photo taken with oj at a charity <laughs> event and so like he's out and God. poor lance ito is just at the end of his tether he's like a decent guy who's just having to deal with this <laughs> madness he's just like okay you're out okay you're out i mean it's just bizarre. Well, I yeah. noticed um, at the end they put up the slides of what everyone was yeah. doing. Now, quite a few of those people were dead, but Lance Ito only retired in 2015. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope he does write a book. Marsha um, Clark, apparently it said, got one of the biggest book deals of all time. Yeah, and now, um, like, teaches writing or something. Yeah, like she's not does a lawyer creative anymore. writing and yeah. commentates and various things. Um, but just the... Just the Oh, the viciousness of the commentary about her too and like you know what, what her hair looked like oh, and all this sort of bullshit. just absolutely yeah. gobsmacking to look at all of that in in um hindsight anyway this doco series looks quite promising yeah right i think so um i've been on planes i'm, I'm really looking for things to do at the moment because we just finished our series <laughs> so how many episodes are still to air two um two more right. so um well um well, one more really, because by the time we put this up, episode yeah. five probably would have gone to air. So yeah, the, there's there's the finale, which we just finished making. So Tuesday nights, eight pm. We're yep. going to turn into the dollop guys because we've actually got some stuff to plug. Yeah, we have. Okay, Tuesday we'll nights. Just plug their, their gigs. Tuesday nights, eight pm. Annabelle Crabs show, obviously yeah. seven thirty every night. <laughs> um, my new second edition of On Doubt is on sale on no, the sixteenth so of September. That that's being republished. Thank you for your very kind cover line. As well. well, at least I could do because you were like sitting on me at the time. <laughs> it was not. I didn't even know it till, it, till you had already signed it. Uh, and that's got a new post word, postscript about the Trump era. So basically, if people don't know what On Doubt's about, it's about when I wrote it in 2009, I was worried about the rise of opinion over fact and the fact that we seemed to be moving into this trend where nobody cared about the facts very much anymore. That, of course, now looks like a golden era of sanity compared to what we're living through today. So uh, that's coming out again. We are doing a live show in Melbourne on the 16th of September, which the 8 o'clock show sold out. There's a few tickets left for the 5 o'clock show if you get in fast. If you just Google Chat 10 Melbourne. Um, comedy theatre. Comedy theatre. Yeah. Comedy theatre. That's right. Um, tickets through Ticketek. And on How exciting Thursday, is that? I mean, we sort of have booked a couple of shows because the the appetite seemed to be there and now we're just sitting around going, well, what are we going to do on stage yeah, for an you, hour? Do you guys do you guys know that you've bought tickets that uh, we just sit around talking? That's what we do. Well, then usually with the top off. Usually, usually. <laughs> Only if everybody really claps. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, or maybe but I could do something. That's ridiculous. Of course she'll be keeping her clothing on throughout. God. Um, and also this Thursday, I probably need to tell you the date actually because who knows when this podcast will actually what get posted. What are you talking about? What? Four, five, six. So Thursday the 7th of September, tickets are going on sale for a live show in Canberra. Canberra. Canberra, which is uh, – The gay the capital of, this, of the country. Maybe we could find a boyfriend for Callum. We need to take Callum with us. You'll be uh, needing a valet as well as a driver. <laughs> if you want to, if you'd like to go on a date with Callum, just like at Lee Sales or at Annabelle Crab, we'll hook you up. He is actually a wonderful, a wonderful young man. He is a wonderful young man. He probably doesn't listen to this podcast. No, that's why we keep. He just... seems to be quite upset by the number of eligible gentlemen who raise it with him. Mm. Um, 
9th of December in Canberra at the at Llewellyn Hall. Uh, it should be good. We're gonna we've got secret plans to humiliate our friend Chris Yulman in front yes. of a large oh audience. Oh my god, I've got so much material that I'm just gonna <laughs> deploy in <I> one <laughs> fetid burst. I've I've asked uh, that an invitation be extended to Yulman, but I haven't enlightened him yet as to I what we'd like Yulman's to do. I met Yulman's sister in a playground, and over the next half an hour, while our kids were just playing, she just gave me so much great <laughs> material which I've just I've bled out over the years like every now and again I'll be like hey uh do you have any pictures of you <laughs> appearing in just red underwear in that performance of Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat and you'll be like what okay. when you'll <laughs> Chris Yulman if you don't know is the former ABC political editor who's just announced he's going to channel nine to be the Therefore, new Oaks. all bets are off so yes um he is uh when he announced last week he was leaving, I remembered when he left 7.30 that I'd done a farewell speech about him. And so I thought, oh, I'll just see if I can find that because um, I'd forgotten what was in it. And it just reminded me of many hilarious things about Yulman, notably that he was in a liturgical dance troupe. Yeah. Uh, called Corinthian been... Six. <laughs> there are still, um, I think there's some albums out there still. Yep, that he's, he's some um, Christian albums. Mm. Yep. Um, so, yep, there's a he lot of material, I reckon. Christian rock get... band salesy. <laughs> That might be a little special treat for the people coming to the Melbourne show. A bit of a hark back to my history. There you go. Christian she has rock. promised <laughs> to uh, take a step back in time. Let's keep that up our sleeves. A little surprise for okay. people who come to Melbourne. Have we got anything else to plug? Uh, to plug? <laughs> uh, no, I'll be uh, on my couch in my pajamas awesome. for the next little while. Great. <laughs> it's just going to be an ongoing arrangement. Excellent. Coming up um, with some ideas about what to do next. You great. I think that's it. Um, now, I've been on a lot of planes recently and right. so I've been watching bits and pieces. I've been sort of between series since I finished The People right. vs. OJ. So I've been dipping in watching one episode here and one episode of things there. Right. So I watched a bit of Grace and Frankie season two, which is that show with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Oh, okay. Did, oh, have you ever watched any of that? No. Um, oh, in fact, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of it, but maybe oh. I've just been, you know, lectured by you about it to the point where I've forgotten <laughs> You've just tuned Have out. You? Wow. Oh I love the respect you show me. Itchy leg. Yeah, well, do you want me to scratch it no, for I you? Don't, no, why I you? don't. Want, sorry, I just... Do you know when you've finished doing something really long, you've only got really room in your brain for one... You become like an amoeba. I'm trying to like... I can't even find words to say sensible things. And when I was listening to you, I'm just like, oh, itchy leg, leg's itching. And like, all I can say is like, leg itchy. Have you got hives? Has it been so stressful that know, you've broken probably. out in hives? Oh, God. Anyway. It's, just it's like been any... really well received, though, your yes, series. Yes, so it has. You've got to be yeah. super happy with that. I am totally happy with everything about it, including the fact that it's over. <laughs> Sorry, you were on a plane and I was itchy and uh, you were with Lo Lily Tomlin. Grace and Frankie, so the premise of it is these two Sorry. women in their 60s or 70s, maybe even close to late 70s, their husbands have been business partners forever, 40 right. years. They leave the wives for each other. They admit, admit oh, that they're fantastic. gay. And, so the husbands are Martin Sheen and a guy right. who was in something rather else who looks very familiar to me but whose name escapes me. The wives are Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Um, I think Michael Sheen is the one who plays. He is, Michael um, Sheen. Oh, yep. God, <laughs> amoeba brain. <laughs> comes up with something I, I just, just want to paint a picture as well <laughs> listeners she's lying down on a couch like I'm her therapist yeah I'm sitting it here really I'm going to recommend some way. books for you at the end I've of actually it. now just I've put my extended my itchy legs all the way up the couch so you're now like you've got one cheek left on the couch but they're, I don't care I'm surprised to note that they're actually reasonably well shaved um yeah that's because I had to go to some engagement um last week where 
you know, where you just, I don't know. You have to wear a skirt. And I think that somehow, like, once you've been on television, that you're somehow obliged to be well-groomed. Do you feel that? Like, because I often think if I'm going to do a speech somewhere or something, mm. I now feel like I've got to, like, do something with my hair and that takes a while and, like, you know, mm. I don't know what it is. It's part of the trap, I think. It's the bloody gender trap. I, I hate myself for complying, but I do feel like, oh, I should wear lipstick or something just because... Yeah, I, I think know. there's a bit of that because I think... You never I th- turn up looking like a troll anywhere. You're always looking nice. I think that Not I right f- now, obviously, you look like a <laughs> robber's dog. But <laughs> I think I think I fear being judged. I think that I fear people will go, "Oh, she doesn't scrub up as well as she does on telly." So I don't know if you've noticed, but often if I'm coming to your place <clears throat> or our friends Gwen and Steve or um, Clive and Murphs, I will text whoever's place it is and say, "Is there going to be anybody there?" Like. That, that is a stranger, like that I don't know. Because <laughs> if it's just you guys, oh, can you just? I've just got to tell Maria something. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. Oh, Maria, sorry, I'm ringing back. Um, it's it's fabulous. Lisa, you, you're a legend. Thank you so mistress. much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye. I don't like dress ups, and your driver's online too. <laughs> I don't like dress ups, and I have to go to a charity event on the weekend, which is an awesome charity called the Trish Foundation, which raises money for MS. Um, and it's this year their ball theme is Moulin Rouge. Oh, that's um, what you texted me about, and I failed to come yes. up with anything useful. So Maria, You're, you can still have my fascinator if you want. It's fine. Maria in wardrobes got me a top hat and a red feather boa. Oh my god, is that all you're going to wear? Love, yep. I would counsel some that's other clothes. It. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but the it's a mark of my respect for the charity that normally if anyone says even if you for your 50th say it's a dress up i'm not coming oh, but i'll be one of the things where dress ups you'll be the only person i'll say that it's a dress oh, up to God, you're a <laughs> smug butt <laughs> uh what were we talking about for that leg. oh yeah people judging you for what you look like yeah, oh, yeah. i'm yeah. happy to so that's why i wax my legs yeah. okay good yep. on you well well played I was going to get that laser thing, do but I now feel that I'm so old that it's probably not worth the investment. Like, if I'd gone to it 10 years ago, yeah, I reckon I've only got about another five years of needing to bother. Do your legs stop growing hairs? Yeah, they do. Okay. I've been waxing my legs for ages, and now they, I've just got a weird sort of strange poodle hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is... Uh, we shouldn't wow, be doing a it's... podcast, because I'm emotionally very, very vulnerable, and I've already yep. said about five things that now I regret <laughs> I'm crying. It's just because I'm on a couch. You do look like a little like you're about to cry. I do feel a bit unusual. Oh. It's true. Oh. Um, well, let me so, think. Um, what can I say so to you? So, Julie Tomlin, you would – but what's the other thing that you've been watching on planes? Oh, my brother told me to watch a show called Ozark, which is on um, oh, Netflix, God. which I watched one episode. I mean, look, my brother's the See, sort of I guy who watches – I would never, ever watch a show with a Z in it. It's just – I don't know. They're always sci-fi. <laughs> Ozark. Is it a sci-fi? No, it's set oh. in the Ozarks, as in, you know, rural Missouri or whatever, wherever the Ozarks are. Oh, okay. Look, my brother, I take his suggestions with a grain of salt because <laughs> he likes watching WWF. Um, yeah. He likes UFC. Yep. He once tried to explain to me a scene out of Dumb and Dumber, which is one of his favourite films, oh where God. some guy's got explosive diarrhoea or something and he couldn't right. even tell me because he was weeping with laughter. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff my brother finds funny. So I took his Ozark recommendation with a little bit of a grain of salt, but I thought, no, I'll have a look. Um, it stars Jason Bateman and Laura Liddy, both okay. of whom I highly yep, rate. Yep, yep. Um, the basic premise is, I've only seen one episode, uh, Jason Bateman is a serious money launderer. He's, he's hiding posing as a financial advisor and his business partner and he get in trouble with some 
drug dealers right. and it involves Jason Bateman having to flee with his family to the Ozarks. It had shades of a network executive going, that Breaking Bad show has gone gangbusters, right. get me another Breaking Bad because it's like a guy sort of suburban seeming a, just right. a bit of a dweeb yep. who's actually got this you know, secret criminal identity. I, I didn't mind episode one. I'll probably watch it on purely because I so highly rate Jason Bateman and yeah, Laura yeah, Linney and enough. then I'll just see how it goes. But, yeah, it's, it, it was okay. There should be a sort of a ban on making a spin-off, like a, a show that's kind of like the premise of a, a hit show. There's just too much of it going on. It'd happen all the time, though, wouldn't it? I know. That's right. It's just one of my little people, people, people will be going, look, I loved that show The House with Annabelle Crabb. Do me, can someone do me, like, the Queensland State Parliament. <laughs> Who have we got locally? Steve Austin. Get Steve Austin to do Rock a Queensland. Rockhampton Council. Rockhampton Council. <laughs> With a bullet. <laughs> yeah, that's Although, right. like, remember Rats in the Ranks was one of the great documentaries oh, on um, politics in, of all time. That's um, Bob Connolly's. Bob Connolly's. Um, At the Leichhardt God, Council. I must go back and watch that now that I've got more time. Although no time to go and do things that involve me having to put on shoes or do my hair. No, um, shave your legs again. Yeah, exactly. That. Been there. Didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is still one of the great documentaries about politics and it's about Leichhardt Council. Mm. Um, and it's sort of independent mayor and his battles with various, you know, labour factions and whatever. It's so good. And one of the great scenes in Rats in the Ranks, because it's just like, this vile pit of um, of egotism and and just <laughs> oh my god, it's so petty and fabulous, um, and Bob Connolly did such a great job of it that it will never happen again. Like no council will ever right. ever submit themselves to that. But um, the great thing is that at some point in that documentary, the arguments between various factional forces on the council bench, you know, in the Labor Party, get so uh, poisonous and sulfurous that they call in this sort of young local factional heavy Anthony Albanese from to come in and fix it up. And Albanese, already incredibly kind of canny, refuses to appear on camera. Oh, so all you play. see in this meeting is like his elbow or something like you oh, know, classic. or his foot or something like. There's a tiny bit of elbow visible, but you know, oh, it's so good. It's how really hilarious like, that yeah. he had the foresight to know. I know because the rest of them are just like, yeah, I'll appear on camera because you know, my. Because I am the truth and the light, you know, they're all kind of like, yes, I'm going to, this is going to be my making of my career. The elbow's just gone nuts. This is for the birds. I'm not appearing on camera. Forget that. Mm. Um, yeah, and other than that, I haven't really, I haven't read a single thing. Um, yeah, I'm a bit, mm. I'm a bit, uh, I've got a massive pile of books that I'm looking forward to getting cracking on. Oh, get cracking! Oh, yeah, I haven't oh, yeah. watched that yet. What's all it right. like? Well, I, I stayed up, you know, late. Special treat. <laughs> I've been looking forward to getting like the release so of much. Michael Jackson's Thriller it is when we could exactly all sit around like waiting for Molly Meldrum um, to introduce it. I just love those ladies, McLennan yeah. and McCartney. Um, and uh, you and I can argue till the cows come home about who's going to play each <laughs> of us in the. What were we arguing about the other day? The like which, which, which one would we want to play or which one of them would we want to play us? I don't know. There was some completely go nowhere stupid conversation we had the other wouldn't day about. The, the blonde one would be you, wouldn't she? Yeah, that's what we keep saying, but I want to be the other one. Why? Like, because, you know, I want to be the cool, sarky one when you're being the kind of super singy one. Like, I just feel that that is more oh, the yeah, arrangement. Because you, you're I like, you're you know. Saying. I'm basically just going on hair. Yeah, you see, mate, that's not, you know, that's not what we're looking at in the casting. Mm. Mm. 
maybe we could like swap around. It could be like a sort of Tilda Swinton type thing where yeah, I can type. That could be interesting. Know. Anyway, so the premise of their new show is like, is that the two of them have been employed to be the presenters of a like super early morning TV show. Right. So it goes at it starts at three a.m. and so they and it's called Get Cracking <laughs> with an exclamation mark <laughs> instead of an I in the um, second word. Right. There is only one I in Get right. Cracking. All right, that's the bit which is incidentally just made absolute merry hell for their social media campaign because you can't uh. do a hashtag with an exclamation mark in it. So they've just totally screwed themselves on that front. Um, Anyway, uh, so it's kind of – it's basically sort of profane catering show good times involving them falling asleep and screwing up their crosses and, you know, whatever. It's very funny. I I'm, <laughs> don't know how many episodes there are. <laughs> like, I assume that they'll have to move out of the studio at some point. But it's um it's very funny. And they uh, um, in the first episode, their guest is Sam Neill, who oh, um, they're, like, <laughs> they're promising to – it's one of those things where they screw up the show so badly is that they kind of run out of time and then they've got to get through 15 minutes of material in two minutes or something. <laughs> so they're just like bang, 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 going through all these cooking demonstrations and chucking stuff everywhere. And then they're like, okay, Sam Neill, you've got 30 seconds. And he's there to talk about assisted dying. So he's sort of like, <laughs> anyway. That's, it's like when I do an interview with the Prime Minister or something and, you know, invariably you've got so many things you want to get through and you get to the final two minutes and the, the – um, my signal that I'm under extreme time pressure will be, look, let's just quickly run through a few things before, yeah. we, before we go. And then it's just like, that means I've got 18 things left on the speed list. speed dating. You yeah, initials. that's right. I want them to add to everything with one sentence. I really like sentence. that recent, you did that interview with um, Malcolm Turnbull last week and it was such an interesting interview and, you know, obviously we won't talk about you for that long, but um, it, you got through heaps of material, like really nice, grisly stuff. But, the first question was just such a killer, like, and you said, to him, "What was your first question?" It was something like, um, "Hey, situation? you've been you've been prime minister." No, it was meaner than that. It was, um, <laughs> "You've been prime minister for two years now. How is it that oh, you can right. still not have a signature achievement?" It was just like going out on a date and just opening it with the most crushing of remarks. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised you recovered. That's what all my seven thirty interviews are like, aren't they? It's always the pun- well, not always, but. <clears throat> Because you often have to weigh up, are you going with a punch straight to the face or are you going to jolly people along for a while? So what point do you decide, yep, tonight I'm opening with the punch to the face? (laughs) Depends. But like, when did you make that, like, did you wake up that morning and think, now, will I sort of uh be nice for 90 seconds and then like move in or is it just going to be a straight there's no headbutt there's no there's no formula that interview was one of those ones where to me it seemed obvious what I would do and then it like sort of almost wrote itself like I mean I had to go and do the research to fill in the gaps but I knew the basic approach for like I don't know I can't explain it I just that's just what came to me and I just thought everything's going to hang off this and so um yeah just sometimes it's really hard to figure out what is this interview about um and then sometimes it's really easy and that was one where it was like by about two o'clock I felt like yeah I'll just I've got this 
Um, but then you sort of think, no, that can't be right because these things are really complicated. How come I feel like I've got it in the can by two o'clock? Shouldn't I be in a lather until at least six? <laughs> so that's when you start worrying about not worrying <laughs> Yeah, <more. laughs> that's right. And then I start thinking I must be missing something because it seems too straightforward. <clears throat> so, but I don't know. Sometimes Callum actually, who came in before. Hot Callum. Hot Callum. Hot available Callum. <laughs> hot Callum. Um, he, on the plane, on the way down to the budget, we were looking at things that were in the paper and various bits and pieces that had been leaked. And Callum said yeah. to me, geez, it just feels like a labour budget. Yeah, and right. we just both went, oh, that's the, that's it. That's going to be, depends what's in the papers, but that might be it. That might be the opening question. That was the opening question. Some Congratulations form of on delivering a, a fine labour <laughs> labor budget. <laughs> so sometimes it just, I don't know, you look at all the material and then all of a sudden you go, yeah. hang on. And then it's, you sort of feel like, yep, I've got it. And then other times you speak to people or you ring people and then they say something that makes you think, oh, yeah, mm, interesting. So, yeah, there's no real sort of secret. It's just, yeah, all a bit of a, all a, bit of a movable face. Right, time to let you escape. Are you yeah. just going to go straight Actually, home and take yourself here. to bed? Uh, no, no, I'm at work for another um, week and a half or so and then right. I'm going to take some time off and... Um, just hang out with my kids. Well, uh, I'll be seeing you I'll next. Stu- I'm still happy to see you, though, occasionally. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I won't be waxing for that, do I, I was going to say, do I have to dress or can I just slop in? Yeah. Uh, I'll be seeing you next in Melbourne. That's right. On stage. On the, six, on the 16th. 16th so, yeah, of September. Tickets still for the 5 o'clock? Yes. Yeah. So I think not look. very many, but um, have a look. Have a look. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you. See you all in Melbourne.